Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid for July 14, 2021. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock. We've got a lot to get to here in this hour. Shifting some focus over to fantasy football. We'll talk about Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals and find out if Davis is in on him in 2021. But we're in on headlines for sure. So let's get to those here as we begin the second hour of our show. The NBA Finals again tonight, Game 4. Suns at Bucks. Bucks minus four and a half over on FanDuel as it stands. It looks like Ben Simmons is going to be on the way out of the Philadelphia 76ers as they have started some trade discussion there. We'll see where Simmons ends up over the next couple months. Tony Romo, Johnny Football are going to play in the Texas State Open Golf Tournament. Romo, of course, is a great golfer. I didn't know Johnny Manziel could golf at all, but I guess we'll find out. Uh, Tom Brady also throws in Montana. I know a lot of the celebs live over there in Montana these days. Take some shots, by the way, at his uh, former Patriots wide receivers. I'll ask Davis about that in just a second. But first, it is the game that everyone will be watching tonight because there are no other games tonight in sports, unless you like minor league baseball all-star games. Giannis was asked about specifically what we're all talking about. He's been fouled, goes to the line 17 times and was asked about the comments that Monty Williams made about that being a little bit too much. Um, I don't have social media. I have it, but I'm not I'm not on it, you know. So I, I don't um, follow, you know, um, quotes after the games about, you know, the coaches or us or my quotes. I don't follow that. But I think I think I take it pretty good uh, bidding on there, you know, like I have a scratch right here and scratch right here. So, you know, they're making my uh, pretty face ugly. But um, it, it, it is what it is. You know, I'm just trying to focus on what I have to do uh, and how I can help my team uh, be successful. You know, um, and um, that's all I'm going to, you know, spend my energy on. Um, yeah. It didn't look like Giannis wanted to mix it up there. And, of course, Davis. Don't want to hurt his pretty face. I mean, that's that's a huge part of this game tonight. So the drama continues with the fouls for sure. And the drama also continuing a little with Tom Brady. So uh, obviously that's a big key for tonight's NBA game. And boy, I mean, Tom Brady just doesn't hold back anymore, does he? No, no, he doesn't. I mean, I, I think probably he was he was joking a little bit. S- literally, uh, so serendipitous. You just mentioned, you know, all these rich people living in Montana. I, I have a new... Uh, show for people to watch if they if they haven't watched it. I've been crushing 
Yellowstone, Kevin Costner's show on uh, on NBC, which is, I mean, mostly it's about really rich people retiring and having second homes in Montana. Not surprising at all that Tom Brady is one of these people with the uh, you know multi-million dollar second home out there in Montana. Also, Tony Romo, love to watch this guy golf. Uh, people remember a couple mm-hmm. years back, actually longer than a couple years back, when he was still a Dallas Cowboys quarterback, he played well enough in a qualifier. He was like two shots away from straight up qualifying for the U.S. Open. Must have played the round of his life because I think he is just, he's a little bit worse than a scratch golfer. I, I remember he played in uh, a web.com tour event, did not play particularly well. Didn't I remember he made an eagle putt in that, though. I, I love Tony Romo. You know, people see the Dak Prescott jersey, but Tony Romo, one of my absolute favorite not even just athletes, just one of my favorite people of all time. What a, what a great dude Tony Romo is. Yeah, I, I always have found it interesting that we've seen a number of these players love golf, Davis, through the years, but none of them have really broken through in full, have they, on the tour or even on the senior tour, players that have played football or baseball or even basketball. I know that they love playing and they love that challenge of continuing, but we have yet to see it. Also, to your point of Montana, you're 100% right. Aaron Rodgers lives there. Uh, Timberlake, Justin Timberlake lives there. Jessica Biel, very well. It, this is like the hidden celebrity area now in that in the country is Montana. Well, it's beautiful. That uh, here, Here's uh, here's a fantasy sports today trivia that uh, people can tuck in their back pocket. I was actually born there. I was born in Billings, Ooh. Montana, uh, moved moved to Kansas at a super young age. I was like six months old, but I've been, I have family that still lives there. I mean, Montana is like you you clearly see being there. Why anyone would want to move there? It is beautiful. It's like one of the few uh, places left in the United States of America that is not you know completely overdeveloped. You can still see the stars at night. It's amazing. It's not too hot. It does get very cold there in the winter, obviously, but it is it is a great place to live, and especially if you have. All of the amenities that would come with, you know, Aaron Rodgers or or Tom Brady's palatial estates with, you know, cooks in the house and everything. Like, I, I can't imagine how amazing of an existence that would be. Yeah, well, we'll see who else ends up there. I, I know that Phil Jackson was one of the first that I remember the awareness of, of him living in Montana. But I think Jeff Fisher also. It's like every coach, Bill Belichick, I think they all end up there. At some point, so that's for sure. All right, back to fantasy football we go. Take them or leave them. Of course, a lot of the fantasy football leagues that you guys are playing in, the average person, probably not going to start till next month, but that doesn't mean you can't get a little bit of an edge, which we're going to help you out coming up next as we discuss take them or leave them here in a fantasy football style. In addition to that, we've got fantasy or reality coming up a little bit later. We'll ask the question, can anybody pull off what the Los Angeles Angels did in the Major League Baseball draft, in the actual NFL draft as well. Now, we did see the Carolina Panthers draft all defensive players a couple of years ago. Can a team just take everybody at the same position to make their team better? I'm not sure I know the answer to that. So we'll take a quick time out here on the show. We'll be back in just two minutes with our fantasy football discussion of the day, take them or leave them in fantasy football draft. Stay on the grid. We'll be right back after this. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com 
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is time for us to take our second hour look at some fantasy football. We're here every day from noon to 2 Eastern. For those of you who only have time for maybe a half hour, maybe 10 minutes, who knows, you can expect usually every day moving forward at around 1 o'clock Eastern for Davis and I to jump into some fantasy football discussion. We'll, of course, partake in some mock drafts. And as we get closer to the NFL preseason and training camps, even go with a deeper dive. We still have no clarity on Deshaun Watson. We don't have a ton of clarity on Aaron Rodgers, so hopefully these things sort themselves out, and when they do, we'll talk about them and the ramifications from it. So, Davis, let's dive into our first topic here today, which is going to be Joe Mixon and the Cincinnati Bengals, who was basically hurt for the whole year. I mean, I don't know what else I could say about it. His ADP is 20 right now, so he's going in in the second round of all fantasy drafts. He had 428 rushing yards, 20 res- 21 receptions, 138 receiving yards, four touchdowns. There could not have been more of a non-factor in fantasy last year than Joe Mixon. And even when he did play, I mean, a lot, a lot didn't go right for him last year. So holdouts, injuries, it's been a mixed bag to say the least. I think that this guy has a lot of talent, but just waiting for it to be put together. Yeah, I mean, basically the thing with Joe Mixon is that he is better in theory than he has ever been in practice he had the one game last year that got everyone all riled up 25 carries 151 rushing yards two touchdowns uh six receptions 30 yards and a touchdown so a three touchdown game for joe mixon but he has never caught more than 43 passes in a year they basically always use some other running back it's ben giovanni bernard now i think it's going to be probably samaj pirine Uh, Maybe they use one of their rookie guys that they picked up. They drafted a guy by the name of Chris Evans in the draft. And then they also signed Puka Williams, an undrafted free agent from Kansas, who was actually a really good receiving back. I like Mixon more in theory than I do in practice. So I am leaving him because I prefer Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team. And I greatly prefer Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of the Kansas City Chiefs to Joe Mixon. And most of the time, when you are on the clock, you are going to have the choice between those three players. One thing I do wonder, though, is if Mixon starts to slip a little bit, you know, 24 overall, 25 overall, and you can kind of nab him with the first, second pick of the third round, my tide might start to change about him a little bit. Yeah, and I and I think when I look back, I think that the way that you described it is perfect. Like you assumed eventually that the guy was going to take that next step. I was really worried about a holdout last year with him and not signing, and and that to me was the fear that he was going to go the route of some of the other guys who have done that and have an ineffective season. I don't I don't think that that played in at all to his year, but yeah, the theory with him has always been good. It's just the production. It simply hasn't been there. Okay, well, let's go over to another running back whose ADP is even higher than Mixon's. Wow, Najee Harris is going in the early second round of fantasy football drafts. He was incredible at Alabama. I don't know what else to say about him. 1,400 yards, 43 receptions, 425 yards, and 30 touchdowns last season. He was unstoppable at every level, Davis, in every game, in every playoff game as well. And now he's going to go to a Pittsburgh offense that has this long list of successful running backs in the NFL. How far back do you want to go? I don't know. You want to go to Jerome Bettis and Willie Parker and uh, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, we could just keep going through the years. It seemed like they just plug and play guys, and they did really well. And then all of a sudden, I mean, Connor's one good year kind of went away, and it seemed like it changed a little bit. So I wonder if their offensive line is still as good as it used to be. We know the quarterback is not as good. I would think in a one-year scenario – 
non-dynasty. I think Najee Harris has a chance to be really good, but boy, you're paying a, a serious price for this guy going in. You are paying a serious price, and I, I said this the other day on Twitter, and I got some interesting responses, but I am out. I am leaving Najee Harris for other drafters. Um, I, I just cannot justify it where he goes. And rookie running backs are, are kind of interesting. You know, like so last year, Clyde Edwards Lair zooms all the way up. You know, he's going sixth overall in these high stakes drafts. And then it kind of went the other way for guys like uh, J.K. Dobbins, guys like DeAndre Swift. They fell, they went a little bit later in these drafts. And I am much more likely to be drafting the guys who fall. Uh, Travis Etienne falling a little bit, Javante Williams falling a little bit, because I, I do know, we all know, running back is a young man's game. These Some of these rookie running backs are just going to blow up, and you're going to absolutely need to have them to win your fantasy league in the second half of the year, because they are going to do so well. So my issue with Najee is you're not getting any discount. You, you're basically paying like he is going to have 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns, and he's also going to catch 50 passes. The, the big concern there is the offensive line is bad. Ben Roethlisberger, 39 years old, looked every bit of that 39 years when he was playing last season and was injured the year before. I just, I cannot get on board with him. Can't take him over Antonio Gibson, but particularly, you know, you can't take, I don't think you can take him over guys like DeAndre Hopkins either. Yeah, and, and Harris was such a beast at Alabama, and, and it's been a little bit of boomer bust. Like Alvin Kamara ended up being great, Trent Richardson did not, Derrick Henry ended up being great. It's like a little bit of back and forth, but they have this long line of players who have been at Alabama. Uh, you know, Kenyon Drake, I would say somewhere probably in the middle of that. But it's, I'm curious to see where where Harris is. There usually has not been middle ground on that front. All right, let's cap it off and continue the discussion in terms of fantasy. And our final uh, subject today is going to be J.K. Dobbins of the Baltimore Ravens, whose ADP is around the late second round, 32 right now. Last season, as, as the year went on, he emerged as the main. Really true. Does Baltimore really ever commit to one runner? It doesn't seem like it, but he had 800 yards, 18 receptions, 120 receiving yards. He was not a big pass catcher in college. So that's not surprising. And he had nine touchdowns. So, Davis, this one is interesting for me. I, I watched Dobbins play in college. I did not think that he would be a great pro. I, I just did not see that. I did not see the long-term viability. But what Baltimore tends to do is tantalize you a little bit and say that they're going to go with one guy, and then it ends up being Gus Williams. You know, It ends up being two or three guys. Alex Collins a couple of years ago before they, they got rid of him. So is the idea of J.K. Dobbins being a bell cow back realistic? Because I don't know. I, I don't see it that often with that team. You know, really what you're thinking of when you want to take J.K. Dobbins is what Mark Ingram did in 2019. Like, it's not like Mark Ingram was a good player. Like, Mark Ingram was far past his physical peak. Age 30 season in Baltimore, he had 202 rushes for just over 1,000 yards. He had 26 receptions, but he's had 15 total touchdowns that season. Like, just absolutely absurd touchdown production. And over the course of that season, you know, it's not like he had the backfield all to himself. He gave 133 carries away to Gus Edwards, 58 carries away to Justice Hill. You know, and, and Lamar is always going to lead the team in rushing. 
the the big issue, and you pointed this out, was Dobbins was a, a decent pass catcher at Ohio State. He had 22, 26, and 23 receptions his three seasons there. He is kind of the explosive, more agile, shifty running back that you would kind of want to catch passes. The issue is they just did not throw to him at all last season. It, he had multiple games where he was the starting running back and wasn't targeted at all. He had 13 tar- or uh, he had 24 targets. Their backup tight end, Nick Boyle, had 17. He had fewer targets than their fifth wide receiver. I I want to love J.K. Dobbins. I want to take him, but I'm leaving him. I just I cannot take him until I think he can catch 50 passes, and I don't think he can. Yeah, I think I would almost take uh, Harris high, uh, at his spot as opposed to Dobbins. I just I've seen this Raven story play out, and by the way, their best running back is the guy at quarterback. So, uh, look, I get it, and a lot of that is that play action where they, you know, where where Jackson runs the ball, he almost hands it off to the running back, and then he takes off and runs it himself. But he, I agree with you on this one here. I, I just, I mean, I saw I saw him play at Ohio State and thought, ah, he's nothing special. And he was special last year. He was really good. So maybe he turns it around for me this year. All right, coming up next, it's time for our training camp battles with NFL training camps opening up in just a couple of weeks. So make sure you stay with us and stay on the grid right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Davis, be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Training camps are opening up in just a couple of weeks. We've got it covered for you here on Sports Grid, Craig Mish and Davis Maddock. And as a reminder, starting one month, uh, in, in fact, less than a month, uh, I am going to be hosting Fantasy Sports Today on the weekend, our NFL Fantasy Football Preview Show, every Sunday morning from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. So those of you who can't get enough of me, don't worry. Uh, you won't be because I'll be working Sunday and one day during the week, George Kurtz will be filling in with me uh, with Davis, but I'll be working with Matt Stryker, Joe Pizapia during fantasy football draft season. We will have to force Davis to making some appearance on that show as if he doesn't work enough. We need him to work like 10 days a week if that's possible. Brett Levy is coming over too to produce that show as well. So uh, you'll be hearing an announcement or something, or maybe not an announcement. We just show up on that show. We'll see. But uh, I definitely could use some early advice. So that's why I lean on Davis here. We got some early position battles. And let's talk about the Jets here on the show as we look at their depth chart from a fantasy perspective. Jameson Crowder in a PPR league is always going to be a solid wide receiver three. Please tell me Denzel Mims is going to be okay. I took him over a lot of other receivers last year, and he was not. Corey Davis. Elijah Moore, Keelan Cole. Can all of these guys play this season? I'm not really sure. But uh, let, let, let's talk about this, Davis, in terms of value. In terms of value for training camp, 
what will happen with the Jets this season because I don't see a bona fide wide receiver one from this group. So am I missing something here or is that possible? Well, you know, there is, there's a lot going on in here. There's a lot up in the air. A lot of people, not, not a ton, but there is, there is a sizable minority of people that think that Zach Wilson is going to be very good and that he is going to be able to have, you know, maybe not three top 30 fantasy wide receivers, but maybe three top 50 fantasy wide receivers, you know, guys who are kind of all contributing, guys who all need to be rostered in 12-team leagues, right? The problem is it's looking like they are going to rotate through some of these guys. A lot of people were anticipating that Jameson Crowder was going to be cut, that he was not going to be on the team heading into this year. But, I it, I mean, you know, they restructured the deal. They kept him. We also have heard reporting that Denzel Mims is not even playing with the first team, that he's actually playing with the second team early on in these, you know, in uh, in uh, the voluntary training camps. I, I tend to not buy that, but... They spend money on Corey Davis. They give Corey Davis a pretty hefty veteran free agency contract. They spend a very early pick on the NFL draft on Elijah Moore, who looks like an amazing prospect. And then we just cannot get away from these reports on Keelan Cole that, oh, Keelan Cole is the star of mini camps, and Keelan Cole is actually starting on the outside. He's been better than Denzel Mims. So it's like, and then even on top of that, we don't even have this name on here, but apparently Braxton Berrios was splitting slot snaps with Jameson mm. Crowder in minicamp. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to draft any of these guys. The, the dart I find myself throwing most often in drafts is on Elijah Moore because I think his upside is the best of this group. But like what you said to begin our segment, I mean, isn't don't we all know what's going to happen Everyone's going to want it to be the young guys. Everyone wants it to be Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, and Jamison Crowder is just going to do his thing and lead this wide receiver group in targets. It feels that way. You know, what's interesting with Berrios, it's like I've always felt like the Jets have Patriot envy, and that's why they added Berrios. And and also, uh, don't forget, Berrios played at the University of Miami for four years. And so Adam Gase being the coach at, at uh, you know, for the Dolphins, saw Berrios play on, on Saturdays in that same stadium, and that's why they picked him up. I'm surprised he's still there. That is interesting to me because I did not think he'd be a big part of it. I thought he was just a Gase product, but maybe not. Maybe there is a role for him again this year, so we'll see. But you're right, all those guys can't make the team, so I'm not, I'm not sure what direction they'll go there. Okay, so the, the clamoring for the Ravens to sign a free agent wide receiver did not happen, but they did draft one. So let's get into it here. Marquise Brown, who had a very up-and-down, volatile season last year. I, I guess I should walk that back a little bit because they did bring in Sammy Watkins, although I'm not really sure what, or how much he's got left at this point. But Rashad Bateman is the name of, of the player they drafted, who I don't know a ton about, to be honest. Uh, and then uh, Tylen Wallace is, is a name that I'm not familiar with as well. So I think the natural assumption is that Bateman is going to walk in on day one and become the number one guy here. But I don't know. Is that is that the case, Davis? Do you feel that way? I know when Watkins is on the field, he's going to have a game of 120 yards and two touchdowns. I don't know when that's going to happen, but he's going to have one of those. But it, health is always an issue with him, too. How does this shake out for you? So for me, this is almost more of like a team-wide question. Like how many passing attempts can we get the Baltimore Ravens to as a whole? Uh, the last couple of years, they've been a very low-volume offense, right? Lamar Jackson threw 376 passes last season in 15 games. 
401 passes uh, the the week before. And I think probably we are looking at something fairly similar, but they did invest a little bit more at the position, right? They spend the first round pick on Bateman. They spend the free agency money on Sammy Watkins, which, you know, Sammy Watkins is hurt a lot, but when he's out there, he is a good dynamic player. Like I, I like Sammy Watkins. I think he's certainly, I think Sammy Watkins is better than Willie Sneed. I think Sammy Watkins is better than Devin Duvernay or Des Bryant, like 33 year old Des Bryant, who is out there. You know, I, I believe Des Bryant had six targets in their playoff loss to the Buffalo Bills. Like, imagine telling yourself that sentence seems crazy. And Tylen Wallace, uh, had Tylen Wallace not torn his ACL and went into last year's draft, the 2019 NFL draft, I think he probably would have been a second-round pick. Uh, and then he came, you know, he tore his ACL, was not as good in the, the pandemic-shortened season, and ended up being a fourth-round pick. But, like, I, I think this is a really good group of players. They are... Definitely harder to draft in managed leagues, right? In the best ball leagues, I think you can take Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, and Bateman. I, I like all of them. I think in leagues where you are, you know, uh, having to choose starter sits, I think they'll be a little bit more difficult because they're going to be pretty volatile. But I, I am, I am most curious on who wins the battle for second wide receiver between Watkins and Bateman because if Bateman can earn a hundred targets or even eighty targets in this offense. I think he can be pretty valuable for fantasy football. It'll be an interesting name for sure. For me, I'll be watching him in the preseason. Rookies usually play, and we're getting that this year. So that'll be a help. All right, let's go over to the Bills situation. Davis, you've illustrated this quite a bit over the last couple of months that that Josh Allen is the running back here, let's be honest. But there's going to be some narrative from some fantasy football person telling you that Zach Moss is going to be good. There's another one that's going to say Devin Singletary is going to be good. And then, of course, Matt Breida, who I, I actually liked in San Francisco, but what I saw in Miami last year, I did not. I would circle his name to maybe not make the team. I don't know, Davis. I, I think it could be the end of the line for him. He, he did not. He had every opportunity to play and win. He couldn't beat out Miles Gaskin or even the other guy, Ahmed. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm done with Breida. So it's these two guys, Moss and Singletary. And I, and I hate to say it this way because this is not what I root for. And you should never root for this. But if one guy gets hurt, Davis, then you're, you're talking to me about something here. I, I think you really have something if that happens. But if it doesn't, I'm not interested in either of these guys. I think that they're just going to split the whole year and not score, by the way, either. So I, I think they will split a lot. And I do think that you are correct that it just does not seem like Brita has very much left in the tank. Where it becomes interesting is what if the team decides – Josh Allen is our entire future as a franchise. If Josh Allen gets hurt, if Josh Allen injures his shoulder, we are so screwed. So how about every time we're on the two-yard line, instead of having Josh Allen go try and launch off a defensive lineman, like, you know, you still want Josh Allen to run, you still want Josh Allen to scramble, but you don't want Josh Allen exposing himself to, like, completely unnecessary hits left and right, right? So how about if at the goal line they transition from Josh Allen, Wildcat, you know, jumping over the offensive line to, all right, let's give the ball to Zach Moss. Let's see if Zach Moss can get two yards. Let's let's see if we can start throwing the ball to Zach Moss a little bit, you know, kind of the way the Saints use Kamara or or something like that. Not that Moss is that athletic or anything, but just that he would be, between him and Singletary, he would be the more likely to be used at the goal line. And he was used a little bit 
at the goal line last season. Uh, Moss also got injured for for parts of last season, did not play in every single game. But I I, I think there is, I'll, I'll call it a 10% chance that we see a little bit less of Josh down at the goal line and that we see a little bit more of Zach Moss figuring those things out and being more value, more viable for fantasy. Yeah, and listen, the narrative you're painting makes sense. I just don't know that they will do that. Do they have another running back, Davis, anywhere on the roster not named Brita? Who would be the third, the fourth running back for Buffalo? Any clue? I believe it is TJ Yeldon. I, I, I actually don't know if he is still on the team, but I, I think they signed Brita because they, they do think he's got like a little bit of juice left in the tank and they want more of a, uh, you know, they want more of a speed guy, which you, I mean, how right. weird that Brita literally couldn't beat, Brita couldn't beat out Savan Ahmed. or I'm saying. Any of those guys. Yeah, but he was good in San Francisco. He was great. Hey. He was great. They, the, the Dolphins signed. They paid him millions, millions of dollars, Matt Breida, to a running back. And he couldn't beat out Ahmed, man. And he kept getting hurt again. I, I owned Breida that year that he was great in San Francisco. I think I won a championship with him. When the Dolphins got him, I was like, wow, that's a great move. He couldn't beat out Howard. They ended up cutting him, but they couldn't beat out Howard. He couldn't beat out Ahmed. He couldn't beat out Gaskin. And you're telling I, – I don't. I think there's a chance he may make the Bills. I think that whoever their third guy is or fourth guy, I may have some interest in. I don't. I don't know who that may be. Yeldon would not be though. So that's that's another throwaway for me. All right, fantasy or reality is coming up. We'll head on over to the FanDuel Sportsbook where our producer Brett Levy is standing by. Got some interesting questions to go over today, including the Major League Baseball draft, where the Los Angeles Angels threw all of their picks at one position. Will it work? We'll dive into that next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. and sportsgrid.com it's time for a little fantasy or reality and of course before we do that davis some big news from the uh, nfl right up your alley here and mine too uh, saquon barkley announces or i guess somebody announced for saquon barkley i should probably give credit i don't know who did that uh, his endorsement money is going to be uh, all paid out in bitcoin so hopefully for Barkley and for you and for me, that all works out in a positive way. It's been a very wild ride, but I feel like we're gaining steam back again. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, it'll be all right. I mean, I, I love I love these deals because it's uh, what what is like one thing we have heard about athletes for as long as they've been paid this much money. They're bad with money and they get to the end of their careers and they don't have any money left. So they got to do 
you know, endorsement deals for the for the rest of time. They got to they got to do TV. They got to show up at, you know, appearances at the mall and sign autographs because we we hear this all the time. Athletes, they're bad with money. They don't they don't save it. They don't invest it the right way. So I'm glad that guys uh, like Saquon, like Sean Colk and the Chiefs tight end, like Russell Okung, I'm glad that they are doing intelligent things with their money and saving it and, uh, you know, fighting, fighting away inflation, which uh, eats away, eats away all of our dollars, Craig. I agree. That's why our producer, Brett Levy, is with us here on the show. He's requested to have all of his payouts over at FanDuel in Bitcoin. He just hasn't won a bet yet, so it hasn't had to happen. Brett, let's uh, turn it over to some fantasy reality. What you got today? I got to start winning some bets, Craig. That's what I need. But we'll start with the NFL draft because uh, actually in the MLB draft, the Angels picked 20 pitchers with all 20 of their picks. They became the first team to do that, but really the second team to use all their picks on pitchers because the Marlins did it last year, Craig, in the small five-round draft. But we got to ask, and Davis, we'll start with you to this one. We will see an NFL team draft only one position in the future. Is this a fantasy or reality? I mean, I, I assume that this has got to be a fantasy because, I mean, there, there are a couple things at play here. The one is uh, seven rounds. You have a 53-man roster. Like, and, and I'm just trying to think, okay, what, what position would it be? Well, it wouldn't be quarterback. It wouldn't be running back. I, I could maybe see a team drafting, like, five defensive backs or something. Or, or you know what it would be? It would be a team like the Texans that trades away all their picks and they just throw their hands up and they have like three picks in a draft and they take a bunch of wide receivers or they take a bunch of edge rushers or something like that. But that's really the only way I could see. It's really the only way I could see it playing out because you are like it. It's even a little bit more nuanced. Like pitching is 50% of the game in baseball, but there is no position in the NFL that is 50% of the game. Yeah, I was thinking this through and thought, could it be possible that a team would revamp an offensive line and take all offensive linemen in a draft? Is it possible that part of that revamp would include injured players that are out for the year that got hurt in the playoffs the year before? And I was trying to find a way into it, but I think the closest that we got was the Panthers drafting all defensive players a couple of years ago because they realized the defense was poor. But don't applaud the Angels for doing this. They've been miserable, again, at developing pitchers and having starting pitchers. And what Miami did last year is they drafted five pitchers in a five-round draft. This is 20 rounds. On top of it, to, and, and you know, I don't want to be accused as a homer here, but to Miami's credit, two of the five pitchers, Davis, they drafted last year, both were in the Futures game this year, a year later. The, the Angels have, have drafted first-round pitchers. You remember Sean Newcomb? Remember that guy? That was a very high first-round pick for them. They, uh, Dylan Bundy, they got him from the Orioles thinking that they could turn him around. It did not work out. It, the list goes on and on. Uh, Griffin Canning, another high pick for them, too. I'm not giving the Angels any credit for this whatsoever. From an optics point of view, congratulations. You address something that you potentially need. But this should have been done years and years ago. You're telling me you couldn't find one young pitcher to get it going for Mike Trout? So fantasy in the NFL, and honestly, for the Angels, whatever. Good job. You did what you are supposed to do. All right. Well, we're going back a little bit for this one. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but Terrell Pryor uh, and four other um, Ohio State Buckeyes at the time were able to play in the Sugar Bowl, but they were suspended for week one the next season, and then Terrell Pryor ends up going into the supplemental draft and being picked by the Oakland Raiders. But he thinks, and the four other Ohio State football players think, that all their records from those free tattoos should be reinstated because of the change in rules in college athletics that we saw a few weeks ago. So, Craig and Davis, we got to ask, Craig, we'll start with you. Ohio State football should have its record restored from this controversy. Craig, is this a fantasy or reality? So this came up first with Reggie Bush, who wants his Heisman back and wants his name reinstated with everything at USC. And I think that there's a chance that all of this happens. But as, as bad as the rules were back then, it doesn't change anything about keeping the rules. Like, you kind of knew what they were in place. They were antiquated. This never should have happened. But you can't look back and say that something now shouldn't be held accountable for. And, and a good example of that is that, it, I mean, look, it'll never be a good thing, Davis, and the optics will never be good on Pete Rose betting on baseball, okay? He never should have done that and, and obviously never should have bet on his team. But you definitely would have felt a lot better about it knowing that, that sports wagering is now legal in, in virtually half, this, half the country. To me, the sports wagering debate is, is the single most interesting debate of all these sanctimonious people on their soapboxes for 20 years saying it never would happen. And those are the same people with their hand up taking handouts right now from all the betting companies. So long story short here. I understand Pryor's point. I understand Ohio State's point. And if the school wants to do something to reinstitute those numbers for their school records, that's fine. But I'm sorry, unfortunately, they were subject to some really poor rules and regulations that they were uh, found at fault in. And no, I don't think that anything should be restored. So I don't really care about Ohio State. I, I feel no affinity for that organization. I don't care about, uh, I mean, I do really like Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor was one of my, uh, he was actually one of my my first favorite guys in fantasy football. Remember, he uh, was, you know, he, he had a thousand yard season as a wide receiver and had a couple good starts as a quarterback as well. Like just a, a fascinating player at the NFL level. I always enjoyed him. I don't really care about Arizona State. What I or Ohio State, what I do care about is Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush should 100% have his Heisman reinstated because I, I think he was such an amazing college player and his infraction was so minor relative to what some of these other college football players, what some of these other college football teams have done. I just don't see how the NCAA, and I mean, you know, you're talking about the NCAA, which is not a good organization, right? This is an organization that. We, we have to fight tooth and nail to get anything good from them. But, I mean, Reggie Bush's Heisman season was so incredible. 2,218 yards, 18 touchdowns, and a punt return touchdown, and a kick return touchdown. I mean, he was so incredible at USC. People, like, you know, the kids these days will never understand how good Reggie Bush was uh, back in, back at USC. 100% give Reggie Bush his Heisman back. But, fantasy, I don't care about Ohio State. All right. Well, our last one, we're sticking with more modern times now. We're talking about TikTok and uh, if you guys have created an account. So, Davis, we'll start with you for this one. 
you will eventually have a TikTok account. Davis, is this a fantasy or reality? Yeah, this is this is a fantasy. Uh, it's uh, it's not for me. TikTok is is not for me. Uh, you know, I I'm not I'm not an old man, but I'm also I'm not I'm not young anymore. I am on the the older side of being a millennial. And Gen Z, uh, like TikToks, are not even for millennials. TikTok is for Gen Z. You know, TikTok is for seventeen-year-olds, eighteen-year-olds, and even even younger than that, really. And anything that is truly good and funny and viral off of TikTok will make its way to Twitter, will make its way to Instagram. Like we just we just know that we just know that these things are true. That like they they end up being copied. People take the like it, it's like anything like. You log on Instagram and you go to your explore tab and you get viral tweets that people have screenshotted. Like anything that's really viral, it's going to make its way to me. So this is a fantasy. I, Davis Maddock, will never eventually have a TikTok account. It's just, it's just not for me. I would love to hear George Kurtz's reaction to having a TikTok. I can only imagine how that would go. Um, so, so for me, I, I'm going to say fantasy as well. Uh, I, I think that if, if there was a way to monetize something and you could teach me and show me and there was a way to monetize that, I'd be interested in it. But it seems difficult. On top of it, it seems like all these videos are very, as you said, over my head or under my head, whatever it is. I don't even get half of these dances and things that they're doing on there. Now, listen, you're also talking to somebody who never did Facebook before. I know that's hard to believe, but I de never did Facebook. All of my social media interaction has been on Twitter and nothing else. Instagram, I have like a burner thing where I could just see what's going on because I got to pay attention, but I'm not an active user for myself on that either. So I'm going to say fantasy for me too. I, 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 people are joining it and, and like I've heard so many investor types saying that TikTok is the next wave of, of making money, but, but how does that happen? Like I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't follow. Is there something, is it just get by getting followers and then taking them somewhere else like Instagram or Twitter and selling them something because that just seems like why can't I just do that with what I do now so I, I don't follow Davis is there a monetization to this to, to TikTok I mean there is there is a monetization to everything I I can't proclaim to know exactly how the monetization on TikTok works I mean the the monetization on Instagram is you sell things, right? You endorse things. Sure. People like co corporations will pay you to advertise things. You have like a link in your bio. People can purchase, you know, whatever product it is you're selling, workout plans, you know, all all these different types of things that uh, that people get into. But I mean, I, I assume that TikTok functions very similarly in terms of monetization. Instagram, it, Twitter is a little bit more you uh, you can market a little bit more directly. What's interesting though is that uh, of all the social media platforms, you know, Instagram, Facebook, yada yada, Twitter is actually the worst in terms of engagement to money creation. Like they like t people who follow you on Twitter and engage with you in Twitter are much less likely to purchase something from you or subscribe to something from you relative to other social media platforms. Well, I'm definitely on the wrong one, that's for sure. But I thought I had a decent amount of followers, maybe. Look, I mean, there, there could be an option in the future for that. I'm still deciding whether or not to go that route. 
All right, Sports Grid 60 is coming up next, so make sure you stay with us on the grid for that. We have plenty more to come here on Fantasy Sports today. And then Davis and I will say so long. I will actually be appearing tonight on Scott Farrell's show, Coast to Coast, to preview the second half of the baseball season, so you can catch me there. And then we'll be right back here tomorrow at noon Eastern as we recap game four of the NBA Finals between the Suns, Milwaukee Bucks, and have live leaderboards all day long at the British Open. That's where we're at here on this Thursday, but stay with us on the grid. Sports Grid 60 is next here on Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. And the grid continues next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. McAfee show. I do want to give a special shout out to Greg Hardy because he did get knocked out so early in that fight and that was such a quick fight. We got to the main event like an hour earlier than we thought we were going Very to. Very nice of Greg Hardy. Yeah. Huge. So that was awesome. That, and I think live while we were watching we said nobody's going to point out the fact that Greg Hardy eating that hook to the eyeball yeah. and getting knocked out. You're right because it was so quick everything kind of got expedited and moved up. The Sports Grid Network. As always, when we close the show out, we give you a final opinion of the day. It can be anything, sports wagering, life, pop culture, movies in general. So I'm always curious what we're going to talk about here at the end of the show. I've got an idea, but I'll save it for you for 60 seconds from now because Davis will go first with the Sports Grid 60. Davis, what do you close us out with today? Yeah, we just had uh, a, a cool thing happen in the, the world of sports. NBA 2K22 was announced uh, today, and they showed the – Covers for them. One of the covers is a very cool painting of uh, Dallas Mavericks forward guard Luka Doncic. The other one is a super cool uh, 25th anniversary edition of a painting of Dirk, Kevin Durant, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And then the base version of NBA 2K22 actually has Chicago Sky forward Candace Parker. The first time that uh, a woman has ever been on the cover of a of a major video game release here in the United States. And I just think, I think that's pretty cool. I think it's, uh, it's you know, obviously great to, to have more forward steps like this in, in the world of sports. I think it's a, you know, good role model for young girls and also good for, for young boys to see like, oh yeah, like women are a part of this too. We don't need to create this exclusionary club or anything like that. So I, I and these covers, by the way, if you've not seen them, I mean, just aesthetically, they are some of the best video game covers I've ever seen. They look really cool. I will check it out for sure. I'm going to stick to baseball in the gaming world, maybe NBA in the future, no doubt. All right, well, uh, tomorrow, and, uh, you know, honestly, we're, we're down to the wire here before the second half of the baseball season gets underway. And with all of the complaining that goes on about Major League Baseball and things that get wrong, 
they got it all right over the last two days. No one seems to care. No one says, good job, baseball. It's just like, just kind of assume that we're going to wait a week from now and some other disaster is going to happen that we're going to rip Major League Baseball for. But give them credit. The game went off without a hitch. Otani pitched. Otani hit. He did the home run derby. Performed very well. Mancini did too. Pete Alonso won. 48 hours of solid, fun baseball with no complaining. Kind of rare. That'll do it for our show here on the program today. Thanks to Connell and James at LTN, Spencer, our intern, Brett, Danny, and Ryan. For Davis, I'm Craig. See you tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.